So I want to know, I want you to think about like the day you went on LinkedIn and updated it to CTO role. Like tell me, cause here's why I'll give you some background. Sure. Sure. People that listen to this show often are leaders who are trying to grow and yeah. often the CTO is one of the highest ranking positions in technology totally. that you can have. And so everybody's always asking, how do you become a CTO? How do you become a CTO? And then I see you go through this nice seven, eight year progression, sure. ultimately ending up at CTO in the past seven months. How, how does it actually happen? I can tell you that that day when I went to a update on LinkedIn, right? Um, it, you know, I, yeah, I'm super proud. I mean, it, it has a certain amount of meaning, a little bit of gravitas out, out in the wild. Um, but I didn't necessarily view it as like a promotion all in. It was more of a, of a shift of, of a responsibility set and a focus area in terms of what can be most impactful to the company. Um, now, how, how to get there, I, I do think it's, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of grit, a lot of grind. Um, I, I think there's, nobody's going to hand it to you. Um, in, in, in that re respect, you really got to go, go get it. And a lot of it ends up, um, showing up in ways of like, what, what are the gaps that need to be filled? What, what is the job that someone else isn't doing? Um, I think that is a big, uh, component of it in, in, uh, in businesses to be able to rise up the ranks, right? Demonstrate that you can actually take on more. You can be more impactful. Um, it's not about necessarily doing more in terms of activity. It's like old adage is like, how do we make engineers more productive? Well, it's not about getting them type faster on the keyboard and have something render on the screen quicker, right? It's like, how can we enable them, enable all of us to work smarter and more effectively and create more impact? Um, but there's a lot of, uh, a lot of like owning it um, and, and stating goals. Like one of my goals I was very, pretty open about with, with a lot of our, our, our team at PageDuty is like, I had this ambition and goal to, to be a public company CTO. Um, part of it is because I, I think it feels like there's this achievement part of it, um, but also around, you know, what is it that I can continue to be doing at a certain kind of scale factor with an influence factor that, you know, in heart of all hearts is, is really beneficial. Um, and, you know, I think you get to a point in your career where it's less about, you know, the, the title, so to speak, but more around like, well, where and how are you spending your time and where? I think that in terms of like, what company do you represent? What brand do you represent? What products, what what solutions, what things do you represent? Start to go a long way. Um, and I do think pagerie has been in this role of doing really good stuff to create like a positive dent in the universe. Um, and, you know, that, if I can help represent that at a, at a certain level, then, oh my God, I've, I feel like I've arrived. This is amazing. Now what? Now go, now continue to do it <laughs> better, faster, more efficiently seems to be the, the mantra of the day. So as your responsibilities and focus area shifted, you noticed this gap, you went to go fill the mm -hmm. gap. Did you go to the board, to the CEO, and did you sort of soft shop it around the idea or did you go and did you ask for it or did they come to you and tell you that's no, what you're I, now? No, I, I definitely soft shot, not that I soft shopped it, but I definitely um, started and drove the conversation with, with our CEO. Um, it had been a bit of a longer running th set of thematics between me and her and parts of our team. And, you know, earlier, probably almost like a year ago, I, I did sit down with her and say, here's where my thoughts are. And then we were in the office together so I could whiteboard and, and paint a bit of a picture that was a build and almost like a refinement of a lot of um, thoughts and ideas she was already pushing my way, 
right? And I, I give her a lot of credit to help open up my 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 aperture a little bit um, versus just like inside the factory, so to speak. Um, but I did I did drive the conversation, and I, and I then started to shop around with peers because I you never do this alone. You need partners. You need you need um, you need help. Every person needs some help. So you know, talking with our chief product officer. Um, talking with a number of other folks internally about, hey, you know, what do you think? Do you, you know, where where are the gaps? Talk with our head of sales, like, hey, where where do you see gaps in the business? You know, do you think I can fill any of these gaps? And I started then to reconcile parts of my notes, um, and uh, really, in a way, create again the continuous conversation with with our CEO at the time around, like, okay, what what would this all look like? And you know, also you kind of look at like, okay, what what are the risks? With changes like this, right? Are there risks? Are there, you know, um, you know, are we are we willing to to hedge and uh, take on some of those risks as like known knowns, so we can still kind of you know manage through in order to create better outcomes. Um, but you know, for for me, it's always been a uh, you know drive the conversation. It's a far better position to be in than being driven. Uh, there, there's there's no doubt about that. And you may not always get the answer you like. And I think I, I've had that scenario in my past where put my hat in the ring, lobby really hard on told no, and I'm really upset about it. And I learned through reflecting back a little older and wiser, it's like, ah, that was a good learning moment. I'm glad you told me no. Like, I was not ready. Yeah, it's a nice mix of experience, but also putting yourself out there, right? To know that you're not ready for that level is important too. For sure. For sure. And at the time, I didn't know I wasn't ready. I was convinced I was, but my boss at the time was like, no, you're not. And here's why. And I didn't like the answers, but you know, it was, it was exactly the right thing to do at the time. When you were talking about, you know, the two parts, how to, you know, call out the gap without offending people or causing sort of some other disruption. And then you also mentioned self-confidence and courage. I think the first one's pretty easy to learn tactically. Uh, the second one I think would be a lot harder because it requires a lot of work on yourself yeah. over a period of time. How do you get started building self-confidence and building courage? That's another good question, Joel. You're really good at this, man. Um, I'm a big fan of writing things down so I can give you like what, what I've done, right? And I think it's worked well for me. Um, writing things down, creating like, you know, internally at Pager, we talk a lot about like create your brag sheet. Like be proud of the work that you do. It's okay. Like, Really, really look yourself in the mirror, write, write down your accomplishments, whether it's for the week, for the month, be proud of the work that you're doing, right? And, and again, if you write it down, it, it's a good exercise because it really kind of forces you to really kind of engage with what you're writing, right? So don't go off to chat GPT for this stuff. Focus on yourself, write it down yourself. Um, <clears throat> then you can actually leverage that and use that in be able to facilitate conversation like with your, with your manager. And there'll be moments where there may not be alignment and you have to agree to disagree on like, oh, I thought that was really good work. No, that wasn't good work. Here's why. Here's what happened. Here's what others, here's how, you know, and there may be a different perspective. That's a constant, continuous learning exercise over, <clears throat> call it decades, right, of a career. Um, and I think as you, as I built that up for myself, it helped me actually almost become like a bit of an advocate in that regard, without showing up as, ideally, without showing up as arrogant or as closed off, right, um, or too narcissistic, right, um, and 
thing. If you're able to actually almost like create like your own portfolio over time, right? You have things to pull from to say, well, actually, no, here's, here's what I thought I did really well, you know? Um, and then if there's no strong objections, nobody's really getting in your way and you get a, a good amount of support, then all of a sudden you start to learn how to drive yourself. Um, but it's, it's not a one and done kind of thing because there are going to be those moments where you thought it was awesome. And you walked away and you're like, oh, that was amazing. And yet you left the room full of people like, like what the hell just happened? Um, so I think that's what's worked well for me over time. Um, I wasn't always good at it in my early days, I know I was absolutely arrogant to a point where I, I got feedback saying like, you always look like you have a chip on your shoulder. What are you trying to prove? Right? And it's like, you know, early days of management, I, I thought getting into management meant you had to have all the right answers. And you were the only one to do that. It's like, yeah, complete opposite, right? You're only as, as good as your as as your as your people are and how well you empower and enable your people and support your people. So even like where I'm at in my career, it's all a testament to like my team. My team helps me get to this point, affords me the opportunity to spend time a certain way to help the company. And ideally then, you know, how do I then kind of keep that continuous um, cycle going with with everyone, you know, um, around me?